Hi everyone, welcome to the Breakthrough in Singapore podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Tan Biwan, Chairman of Integrative Learning Corporation. On this episode, we are going to deep dive into the topic of Breakthrough in value-based recruitment with our special guest, Michelle Livesley, who flew all the way from Manchester to be with us. Now, before we begin, let me just set the context a little bit. Recruitment and getting the right talent is a very uh, important manpower issue in Singapore and I believe globally too. Based on our Singapore Manpower Group Talent Shortage uh, Survey, 83% of companies in Singapore have reported talent shortages and difficulty in hiring and dipping 1% point from 2002 records high. We also heard that from the social services sector that we have problems recruiting people from professional social workers all the way to the administration and the senior management team. So can value-based recruitment help us in how we hunt for talent, how we recruit talent, and how we retain them? Many of you have known that value-based recruitment is gaining traction in the corporate world and also in the social service sector. It is not just about qualifications and skills, it's about finding individuals whose values align with the mission, the vision of the organizations that they join. Hence, this deep commitment to the organization goal is very important to the community that they are serving. And that is an important point especially when it comes to providing consistent, high-quality support to vulnerable individuals and family. I have specially invited Michelle because she is a consultant and a trainer that we have been working with since 2018. And we will have done even more today if it's not due to the COVID that stops us bringing her in from 2019. So I'm so happy that Michelle is with us. Michelle has tons of experience with Helen Sanderson groups, and she has been curating person-centered care practices for charities and healthcare professionals in Singapore. And she just told me that she's also moving into the area on education. And so today I'm so glad that she's back in person and besides working with us to frame breakthrough in person-centered care, she's going to share with us the core of this breakthrough success in value-based recruitment. Michelle, can you share with us what is value-based recruitment and why is it so important to the workforce, especially in the social service sector? Well, we know that we can teach people about delivering person-centered care. However, To do this really well, we also need to have aligned values. For example, um, somebody who values power over people and prestige 
isn't ideal for learning about person-centered practices, which is based on power with people and co-production. So figuring out values alignment really helps us to be able to deliver person-centered care. Now, our approach to finding new colleagues starts with purpose and values. We wanted to design a process that reflected our values and found great colleagues who are good fit for us and for the work from their perspective, as well as from our perspective. So the process that we designed and experimented with, and we continue to adapt, looks really different from traditional human resources-led recruitment in 10 ways. Um, there are 10 key features to our way of delivering values-based recruitment. But today, I'm going to tell you about four of these key features. So the, the first feature um, that we think about is what I've just kind of touched upon. So it's the idea of recruitment being based on mutual fit. So this moves us away from just providing information about the job and the tasks and the responsibilities to finding the best candidate to an approach, approach that's based on the idea of mutuality. So this means we have to then provide a range of ways to help prospective candidates get a good insight into the role and into us as an organisation. And that helps them decide whether we are right for them first. This then helps us to create a process that demonstrates our values as an organization, as well as seeing the candidates' values in really, really practical ways. I'll give you an example. So one of the values that we had in wellbeing teams was responsibility. And what we were doing was in the process, we need to demonstrate responsibility. For example, if we said to a candidate, we're going to send you out some information by a certain date, we, we did that. So we're demonstrating responsibility. But we also want to test in the process the person's um, response to being responsible. So one of the, the steps in the process was we would have a telephone call with the person and have a chat about, do we feel like a good fit for them? Um, if they felt like a good fit for us, we would invite them to a workshop and give them the date. Um, they would then tell us if they were available. But what I would ask that person is, can you send me a text by a certain date before, um, before the workshop? Um, to confirm that you're definitely coming. Now, if the person texted us, we know that they are demonstrating the value of responsibility. If they don't, then that's that's not demonstrating responsibility. Wow, that is so clever. And when you do this, you know, how successful have you been? Worked really well. So it's a really simple and practical thing to do, but we had very few people who didn't uh, follow up with that with that text and it, and it's a really practical thing to do now what we have had is um i remember making an arrangement for the telephone call with somebody and when i rang her um she clearly forgotten about it and was she was shopping in the supermarket um she didn't get invited to a workshop okay that is so interesting and you know this is a very important lesson for all of us because especially in the social service sector now, we have the revised Code of Governance. And one of the key things of the Code of Governance is to make sure that all organisations are aligned to their vision, mission and core values. 
And what you have just shared with us is that it is not just only aligning it that is important for the organization work, but it is actually very important to help you to recruit the right people. You know, and I thought that, wow, this is the first time I have heard how core values have to be so, you know, precise to their organization as it affects your recruitment. And so how how does all this link to your second key features? Well, I, I'm going to move to um, one that feels really different. Um, and that is everybody is seen as a recruiter to the team. Now, this moves us away from a real traditional approach where you'd see an HR team or another dedicated team being responsible for recruitment towards everybody in the team being responsible for recruitment. So um, in wellbeing teams, there were a range of people who had recruiter as part of their role alongside a caring role. Um, but each member of the team would know that they have a responsibility to try to find great people to work with and to fill any vacancies that might might come up. Um, they would be part of the whole process, feel shared responsibility for having the right the right people in position. And they would also be part of helping with probation and retention. So keeping good people as well. So sharing the responsibility. Michelle. Thank you so much for this. It's such a radical idea that everyone is a recruiter and therefore we have a shared responsibility and a shared ownership because you not only recruit them and you actually select them and then you retain them. What a wonderful idea this is. And um, I'm just thinking of the HR people who are listening to this. So does that make HR irrelevant? you know, not necessary, or are you going to burden HR with more work? Um, no, absolutely not. We need we need HR. They guide us, they support us, um, but, but also, and, and they can make sure that we're doing safe recruitment and also the follow-up checks that we need to do to make sure that recruitment is safe and legal as well. So we, we, need, we need HR very much, but they don't need to do all of the recruitment. Um, uh, we can share that responsibility with the team who are going to work with the person. That is very good. Yeah, because now HR is aligned to all of the people rather than being aligned based on their job responsibilities. And how do you go about then to get as many of your new talents so what is your marketing approach? Well, I, I'm glad you said that as well. So we do use a marketing approach that we're calling empathy-based marketing. So um, and what this does, it moves us away about thinking about who to recruit just based on experience and qualifications um, towards intentionally focusing on values and characteristics. And we use a marketing approach then to reach the potential candidates. So we wanted in particular to find people outside of the care sector. For example, people who um, work with compassion in different ways. So uh, somebody who's a hairdresser, a beautician, a van driver, students, shop assistants. So people who want to do work that matters, supporting people, but maybe don't know that they could be gifted or are talented around care. And we thought about who are the people that we want to attract 
and created what Seth Godin calls psychopersonas. And this means thinking about what somebody's fears about the job might be and what their hopes might be, and then designing a recruitment um, advert that address those fears and address those hopes as well. Now, using this approach means that we're able to attract candidates who might not have ever considered care as a career choice um, which really broadens the horizons and casts a wider net for us. And I also think that in terms of your advertising, you have done a bit of a different way of advertising rather than a traditional way of putting it onto the jobs portal. Yeah, absolutely. So we think about it once we know who we want, we have to think about and where can we find them. Um, and just using traditional things like job boards um, really doesn't get the right people. So one of the things that we did, we, we stopped advertising on the traditional care sites because we wanted to cast our net wider than that. Um, we, we think about um, if we want a beautician, if we want beauticians and we're targeting the people with quali qualities that they want to make somebody's day. They want to make people feel great about themselves. They give good care and attention to people. Then where might we find them? So would, would we be looking at um, Instagram? Would we be thinking about Facebook? Uh, depending on their age, they might not be on Facebook, but their parents might be, or you know, their auntie might be. And they might say, oh, this job looks perfect for you. Um, we also might think about um, hyper-local advertising. So targeting the local beautician areas and putting up flyers in those as well so it's thinking about who do you want where can you find them what's the best way to reach them and Michelle can you share with us as an example of your success you know that you recruit a person like a hairdresser or somebody who becomes part of your well-being team uh, yeah, well, we 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 um, managed to recruit quite a few people who came from the hospitality um, areas. So we we managed to get some beauticians in. Uh, we got hairdressers in, and these were all people who were very compassionate. Um, really wanted to make people feel good and have a good day, and 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 we did that by. Recruiting hyperlocally, but also using um, social media. We also used Indeed, which is uh, you know an, an online job board um, that we can use. And what we did was we recruited in the hospitality sector and said, "Have you ever thought about a career in care?" Um, do your qualities and characteristics fit with what we're looking for? So we advertised really differently and we didn't advertise within the care, care side of Indeed. Right. And you also shared with me earlier that you have a very personalized approach to this, right? Because it's like, how do I tell my hairdresser, you know, or, you know, who is doing my hairdressing about the possibility of this job because hairdressers are the people who make people beautiful. And of course, you know, it is in their DNA that they would be um, the ideal candidate for this. And um, so, but, but if you don't know the person at all and you recruit them from the hospitality, how do you go about it? So going back to um, everybody being, uh, having responsibility for recruitment within the team, so what we did was we um, equipped team members um, with the um, ability to 
seek out people doing great jobs. So imagine that uh, you're supporting somebody to get their hair done. You've taken them down to the local hairdressers and they see somebody who's particularly lovely with an older person who you're you're supporting. And what we would have given to each of the um, workers is a card that said, um, we think you'd be great in our team with a personal number on the back and a name that they could that they could um, ring. And the, uh, the, the worker would say, have you ever thought about a job in care? You're wonderful. You know, what you just did was fabulous. Now, even if the person doesn't um, decide to do that, you've made somebody's day and, and you've also been a fabulous ambassador for your organisation. Right. Wow. You know, it has so many benefits, you know. Towards it. And I really loved it that you make, you know, you make the the person a day a very good day by just you know by just giving them positive feedback on their work, you know. And of course, you already established that kind of rapport with them. Now, and out of all the ten features, which is the fourth one that you find it particularly useful that we must be listening to today? Yeah, one, one of the things that we think is really important is to not do um, traditional interviews. Um, we think that you should have workshops where you see people coming together. So workshops rather than interviews moves us away um, from people just talking about their values or talking about their experiences to absolutely demonstrating them. So we want people to be able to show up, demonstrate who they are, and shine in a range of ways in a workshop environment rather than the traditional 30 to 45 minute interview. And 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 really, I mean, Michelle, you have shared with us so many radical points, the four key points about the importance of value-based recruitment. And so if you were to consider this based on your experiences in Singapore, what are some of the key considerations that we should consider in implementing value-based recruitment, especially in the social service sector? Three things that I would pay attention to is um, putting less emphasis on qualifications and more emphasis on values and relationships. Um, I would be suggesting that you live your values throughout each step of the process and demonstrate them as an organization and question yourself when you need qualifications. Um, think about the roles and only look for qualifications when that's really necessary for the role that you're recruiting to. You know, I really loved that point that you say that we must question when do you need qualifications? Because, you know, it's always very easy for us just to look at qualifications, experiences, you know, and questioning yourself as to why do you need that, you know, and how does the people that you're recruiting fit into your organization values, which means it's not just values written on the walls, but it is actually values that you live with it. And so, as you said earlier, that is the most important that you begin to look at yourself first as an organization. And then you look at and reflect on the questions as to when do you need qualifications? So thank you so much, Michelle, for your wonderful ideas. Now, is there anything else that you'd like to leave with us today? 
Yeah, I would. So um, I've only given you a whistle-stop tour of a, a little, we've just touched the surface, really, of values-based recruitment. But I, I am going to be running a free webinar on the 7th of December that I would be delighted if people uh, were interested in. So if, if if any of your listeners want to learn more, please um, email me. Um, at michelle at helensandersonassociates.co.uk um, and I will send you the link for the free webinar. And um, also we have a free ebook that I'd be delighted to share with you that gives real practical examples of putting values-based recruitment into practice. Yes, and you can also uh, put in your request to the integrative website, and we will be working with uh, Michelle in making sure that you get your copies of this. And we are looking at um, inviting Michelle back to Singapore in January or February next year to work with us on value-based recruitment. And this is particularly very, very important to us because when you are having a manpower crunched and you're looking at identifying talent and you're looking at retaining talent, you will begin to look at a broader basis. And you have practical strategies that Michelle shared with us. But more importantly, while many of us are now thinking about igniting the vision and the mission and the core values in our organizations. These sessions only share with you that it really puts in the right manpower to help you to lift up your vision and mission. And so thank you so much again, Michelle, for sharing your passion, your experiences, your insights, thoughts on the importance of value-based recruitment. And thank you all for keeping us company in this episode of Breakthrough. And if you have a passion for making a difference, remember, value-based recruitment methods is about building a, your team that shares a common purpose and is driven by compassion. Before we sign off today, there are three things I'd like you to do. If you have any thoughts on today's topic, or have a suggestion for a specific breakthrough you'd like to know more, please share it with our website at Integrative. And we also like you to share this podcast with your bosses, <laughs> with your HR, with your friends and families. Through them, we can introduce new audience to participate in breakthroughs that is not only going to strengthen our workplace, but our social compact as a nation of shared ownership and responsibility. Stay connected with our integrative website for updates on upcoming episodes. Thanks again. Until we meet next Wednesday for another new Breakthrough episode, keep empowering yourself and your people. Stay well and have a blessed week ahead.